Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Data Bytes podcast. I'm your host, Sadie St. Lawrence. I'm happy to be joined today with Jason Foster. Jason is the founder and CEO of the Sinosure Group. He is the co-author of the best-selling book, Data Means Business, and is the creator of the CDO Hub. In addition, he's also the host of the Hub and Spoken podcast. Welcome, Jason. I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. Thanks for having me. Really, really, really pleased to be here. Thanks, Sadie. Yeah, so Jason was one of the people I was fortunate enough to connect through over Clubhouse. And I think though our conversation really started from a LinkedIn post where we were starting to discuss the future of CDOs. And that really led me on a kind of LinkedIn stalking trail of your profile. And one of the things I noticed is just the vast amount of experience you have working in the analytics industry. And, you know, something that I don't often see is people who, what look like a linear path, and maybe your path wasn't as linear as it looked, but, you know, you have a degree in business information management systems, and then worked as an analyst product manager, worked in various forms of analytics consulting, and then now have started your own company and, and host very, various analytics kind of thought thought forms. And so one of my questions was, one was your path as linear as it looked from your LinkedIn profile. And then two, just with, you know, the 20 plus years experience you have in the industry, what have you noticed and how has it changed? Cool. Um, yeah. So my, my career, it does look linear. I've, I had some, a few people have mentioned that to me more recently. I think as the, the, um the sort of industry gets more spotlight and as more more people are coming into it um i, I sort of all now i i realize i've had a 20-year career in it. It's, it it so it was linear but it wasn't planned linear so um i just kind of um i, I fortunately fell into it i guess um which is quite similar to, to many people that have been in it for a while um and i kind of stuck with it um early on and and yeah so so it, it it kind of it is the thing that i've that i've done and um it wasn't it wasn't on purpose um as you say my degree was in so it was quite broad it was business management and technology really rather than rather than data um but when i when i when i went and did some work sort of during my degree and after my degree it happened to be in in data and reporting and business intelligence um, and uh, the projects that I did early on in when I was working for a, a big retailer in the UK, uh, most of what that was was um, was around sort of customer insight and integrating added marketing um, and, 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 and getting to know customers better and, and creating better marketing campaigns and those sorts of things. It was called operational research rather than data science back then. Um, and I was supporting supporting the, the, the ops research um, uh, folk analysts that were, that were doing that. And then, and then I, yeah, I just ended up in a, um, by chance of business intelligence um, and data warehousing sort of focused consultancy business. And I stayed there for about 10 years. Um, and then I was sort of hooked. That was it. And, and, I, and I, I went into back into industry again and worked at a, um, Marks and Spencer, again, large global uh, retailer doing sort of big data and analytics and loyalty and um, marketing, but all with a lens of sort of using data to drive an organization forward so so when i when i left there and set up the business it was a bit of a no-brainer that that's what i do yeah i i love that you say that it was linear but not planned i think you know a lot of us can relate to that in our own career journeys like 
we study something in school and then a lot of times that first job that we have really starts to dictate kind of where we go um, yeah. for the rest of our career. Um, and I also love the fact that you mentioned about it was called operations research, which is a little bit different than data science today. Um, when I was getting my master's in data science, a lot of my professors had come from the operations research field um, since data science was new. Um, so how, you know, we've changed titles of things, but, you know, techniques and um, methods from operations research, business intelligence have all fed into what is now data science and machine learning. How do you stay, you know, up to date on the industry changes and how do you keep, you know, what was tried and true from some of those founding disciplines into these new disciplines? Um, I think what's, what's important and what I've kind of focused on and, and kept close to and it's it's how we how we talk to our, our customers now actually as well is that fundamentally the thing that you're trying to do the thing that you're trying to achieve is the most important thing and the tools and techniques and buzzwords sort of come and come and go actually but but if, if you stay i found that if you sort of stay true to the thing you're trying to achieve which is some kind of business improvement or organizational you know, improvement, more customers, better relationships with your stakeholders, reduce costs, you know, whatever the, the opportunity is that your business is focused on. Um, that hasn't really changed. People are still trying to do a very similar thing in most industries. And, and of course, the, the technology that exists and, and therefore the techniques that, that can be applied, um, yes, they've changed, they've evolved, they've iterated some, some a lot and some just in the marketing um, but um, I think if we if we stay focused, if, if, if I can stay focused on on the sort of outcomes that we're trying to achieve by applying these technologies, then then actually the rest kind of slots in behind slots in behind it. Um, and, and frankly, um, you can't know you can't know everything. You can't know all the techniques. And I, and I think that's about sort of surrounding yourself with 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 um, with people that that have have knowledge, you know, lots of experience and people that are coming with fresh, innovative ideas and ways of doing things out of academia. So you're also the creator of the CDO Hub, which is a fantastic yeah. group. And I highly recommend if you're a CDO out there, you go and check it out because um, it's a great way to connect with other CDOs in the industry and share knowledge. Um, but in that, in that experience, you've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of CDOs, meet a lot of CDOs, see successful ones. What really makes a successful CDO? And what is what would you recommend as a career path for people looking to get into becoming a CDO? Uh, wow. So the first one, um, what sort of what makes a successful CDO? I think a, a successful CDO is one that um, finds a way of, of, of helping an organization to, um, to, to develop um, data products, data solutions that support business needs, business outcomes, um, and aligning, aligning those two things really closely and obsessing and focusing on either commercial or, um, or, or otherwise a benefit for, for, the, for the business. I think conversely, the ones that focus specifically on data and technology um, are the ones that actually do less well, even though the, the title is the chief data officer. So, so the ones that are most successful are the ones that are able to, to translate 
um, what the organization's trying to achieve with the work that goes into um, having you know, all the right data capabilities in place. So again, link, linking those two things together are the ones that are most successful. Um, it, essentially, the CDO is a, um, is a leadership role uh, and, and therefore any, any leadership position that there is a certain set of qualities needed for that um, around you know, influence and communication and negotiation, uh, telling stories, motivating people, um, setting a vision, building a plan, building a team, all those things are relevant to any, any leadership position, any management position as well. Um, and that's no same, uh, no different, sorry, to, to the, the CDO. So I think, I think ones that are able to be leaders in that way and ones that are able to focus on, on, on business outcomes and align the data products and data capabilities behind it are the ones that tend to be most successful um, in, in my experience. So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I've sort of seen anyway. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and obviously you've written a whole book about data means business. So pulling in those two factors together. I'm wondering though, do we have education a bit backwards in this field though, where you know people who are looking to get into data science and then you know evolve up into being a manager, director, et cetera. A lot of times your education starts from a really technical focus and you know, pretty much we've talked about this whole time if you want to be successful in this field whether you came from operations research business intelligence like the principle of focusing on the business is the same and so do you think that people who start in a more business domain and then add in technical skills are more likely to be successful and do we have education a bit backwards and how we're training the future data scientists of the world I think it's a great it's a great question. I I, the, I think both from a sort of academia education point of view, but also in industry. So the data literacy thing that is talked about a lot, often not not always, but often focuses on training and educating uh, people to become analysts, and and uh, that that's the sort of you know in programs that I've I've looked at and programs that I've seen people people put in place. It's you know they're training people in R and Python and um and then and then sometimes you know the the the, the business intelligence tools, which is great, but but really the literacy that's needed and the, the knowledge that's needed is how you understand data and information, how you apply that to your own knowledge and experience and how you make better decisions because of it. That's really actually not much to do with all of the thing, you know, things behind the scenes. So I, I, think, I think for education from that perspective is, is sometimes slightly out of whack. And, and I think we need to, it's partly why we set up the CDO hub because there's a lot of focus on um, in in uh, academia and, and sort of grassroots development of data science and, anal and analytical capability, which is brilliant and linking academia with industry, all awesome, all needed. Um, but unless you've got that kind of top down leadership of experienced people who are driving the agenda, setting the vision, setting the strategy, then, then you're just left with a whole bunch of really smart people not able to work on things that add value and that are positive. So I, I think that that's where the CDO, it was part of the reason the CDO hub came about was to create you know a good, well help define what what brilliant and awesome cdoing looks like um, and set the standard um i don't i'm not necessarily i don't think we've got education broad like macro level it's not i don't think it's quite as black and white that we've got it the wrong way around i think there is a need for those for um te those technical skills data science skills but i i think if it's only those things then i think we've got it a bit wrong um actually i support um, as a sort of industry advisor to a university in London called City um, University of London. 
and um, and that's working with their masters in data science course. And it's it's really to, it's exactly to solve the problem that you just asked the question about. Actually, it's to make sure that beyond just the technical skills that you need and knowledge and understanding you need to build data science solutions, it's how that fits in context in an organisation. Because unless you've unless you've got those a those broader skills, also the understanding that data science is a is a is a as a way of solving a problem rather than um, you know rather than the, the, the be all and end all um, it's you can find it quite challenging when you when you end up in industry so so yeah I, th I think it's a really interesting really interesting debate and I think we, we've got to make sure that the view that that people get the understanding people get is beyond the technical skills needed to to, to build the model I'm so happy you said it's a way of solving a problem because I think of it very much of just as in science in general. To me, like science in general is a framework and a methodology for how we approach problems. And so yeah. when we look at things like data science, it's just, okay, we're taking a scientific approach to solving a problem, but, you know, specifically with data. And that, that doesn't mean necessarily it's a job or a role, right? It's a, it's a way we solve problems. It's a methodology we use. Yeah, exactly. I, I've talked um, a few times about the blend of art of the science with the art. So the science is needed. You know, this is an industry. It's algorithms. It's maths. It's data. It's bits. It's bytes. It's it's science. But 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 without the art of um, um, apply application, the art of leadership, the art of defining strategy, the art of getting people to buy into what you're trying to achieve, the art of of painting a picture, telling a story. The, the, you may as well not have the science um, and decision making is, a, is an art actually not there is some psychological science behind it and some methods you can apply but I think you've got to bring those two things together um, and I think you're right where you say sometimes we've got it up the education upside down I think where it's upside down is where it, it focuses solely on the science and doesn't think about the art. So there may be a few people listening right now who are saying, oh, shoot, I've kind of just focused on that technical <laughs> side, right? And I've been trained in it and my job, you know, it sits in IT and I'm lucky if I get, you know, 30 minutes, an hour with my business stakeholder a week. Um, yeah. I've definitely been on those teams before and it's quite frustrating. What advice do you have for people who know that they're too enriched in the technical aspect of this and not enough focused on the business? And how can they, one, learn more about the business and, and get more ingrained in what the business is so that then they can apply the this method to solving yeah. those business problems? Yeah, I guess, you know, to, to un underplaying um the technical skills and the technical experience the technical knowledge needed um is incorrect it's it's an absolutely vital skill and is necessary um and there's no there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a um a, a functional or technical expert in a thing and 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 actually you can progress really well through a career and into becoming a cdo if you wanted to even you know almost even better into a you know, a CMO or a COO who's who's got data science in the brain and, and solves problems with data science where it's right to. So I think there's not that's a career path and a very sensible one and a great one. And I've seen some brilliant people go through um, not even just data science, but technical career paths, you know, as a data engineer, then as a you know solution architect, then as a technical team lead, um, then into a management position in, in sort of the business and then, up, you know, to a CDO or to, to other leadership positions. So that career path is definitely there, it definitely exists. 
um, and people should be happy and comfortable and 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 go that route if, if that's the, if that's where their skills are and that's where their appetite and aspirations are it's all brilliant stuff um, that and, and you asked me a question earlier actually I don't think we quite got to which was like what route do people take to become a CDO there is no defined path you know it's not it's not really like the sort of financial uh, finance um, department where there's sort of accountancy and there's exams and there's the, there's certain qualifications you need and you become you know financial manager and financial controller then an FD then a CFO it's not quite as linear and, and of course finance isn't as linear as I've just defined either but but there isn't a really a, a, as, as closely defined career path for a chief data officer so there's no it's not mapped out and I think you can get you can get there through some CDOs that have come from marketing i know some ceos that have come from project management from transformation roles from data science roles from engineering from architecture so sort of there's lots of different routes to to sort of go there i think to the question about if you're it's i mean it is a, the, the challenge you said actually with, that, that people have around being in a a technical team um and not you know not really close to the the business and close to the action i think i think the it's preferable to be able to spend time with the end you know the end user of the thing that you're building to understand the problem you know if you're solving a problem for a warehouse um then then go go to the warehouse see the picking see the packing see how products arrive in the van in the in the, at the shed see how they get distributed out um see where the break things break see where things where people are doing some odd things you know there's nothing better than than, than sort of rolling your sleeves up and being part of the of the physical thing that your your interact that the, your your solution will be interacting with or you know if it's a digital product you're supporting spend some time sat with the digital development team the customers that are interacting with the website or whatever it might be so being just being close to to what's what what, what you're actually supporting is the best way to do that um and i don't think many people will be restricted from doing that if they were if they were sort of pushing to do so in their roles yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. What's what's worked well for me too is just making friends. You know, we yeah. talk about networking a lot, and and sometimes I think we forget even networking isn't just outside of our um, outside of our company, but really within the business and making friends in those different business departments so that you can get those tours of the warehouse and you know see those input systems for the data that you're analyzing has always helped me extensively in those oh, roles. so so important I, and it's so important I, I think yeah internal networking is is really under is an undervalued skill and um uh, yeah you make make friends have coffee with people meet people in different departments talk you know it's so important because and actually i, I only realized that in for, for me later in my career that I've sort of made all these friends inadvertently didn't really realize all in different places now all really great connections that you can talk to it just sort of helps it's a sort of one plus one equals four type sort of scenario um the more the more sort of friends you have in industry the more network you have you know close to you outside of what you do um directly in your industry and other industry I, I totally agree that's so that's that's really valuable it might not it hopefully delivers value in your role now but it certainly delivers value in in future in future in sort of later on in career as well 100 percent. well i'm super excited to hear your answer to this question because you know when i ask people the question of where is the future of the analytics and data science industry going um you know i look at 
to predict the future, we we need to pass data on, you know, where we think it's going in that experience, kind of like a machine learning model, but for our own decisions in our head. And so given that you have so much experience in this industry, you have a wide range of inputs to kind of see where it's evolved from, but I'm really interested to get your predictions on where you think the industry is headed, what those new roles of the future will look like, um, and what some of the challenges will continue to exist in this industry. Yeah, I think, um, let, me, let me do challenges first. Um, so, so I think the challenges that will continue to exist um, are around the governance and management of data, particularly things like ethics, um, privacy, security, um, but, but the, the continued challenge with things like managing sort of master data, making sure that data sort of is captured well, looked after well, used well and for the right things. So I think, I think that, will, that will sort of uh, continue, those challenges will stay the same. I think um, I think practically for people in 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 roles, the sort of the the challenge you asked me about right at the start about staying up to date. I, I think in in some ways that as the tech gets easier and, and there's more of it, that the harder it gets to understand what what to look at, which tools to think about, which ones to buy into, which ones to double down on, sort of thing. So I think I think the technology landscape um, will will continue to explode and um, uh, refine so explode as in more innovative technologies uh, making the job of collecting managing sorting understanding analyzing data more easy um, but I think the the successful bigger businesses will then sort of collect them together and, and start to build out um, ecosystems of products so that they can provide sort of end-to-end -end technologies to do that um, so you see some of the newer entrants in the market being acquired um, by by some established players and, and obviously they then become established and then they take on some of the new ones. So I think there's always going to be new technologies and they're always going to be looking to plug lots of these technologies together so that uh, you can, you can do the end, the end to end, the end to end job. Um, I think also we will, we will certainly for the next five to 10 years, I think we'll see um, a continued increase in the importance of data. Therefore the continued increase in the need for strong commercially focused business-minded analysts data scientists machine learning folk um, who are able to solve problems um, and I think we'll also see the continued growth of the senior data leadership roles um, as well so just as a, as a as a sort of halo effect or a net effect of needing more companies wanting and needing to get their hands around around their data I think people that are already in data leadership positions will probably um, um, can start to sort of take on more business, other business leadership roles and, and bring their data thinking to that vertical or that geography or that department. Um, I think, I think I'm, I'm excited to see some really strong data leaders in, you know, become the chief operating officer or the chief executive officer, because I think they'll build an organization with data at, in, at its heart and, and in the DNA uh, more readily. Um, that's what I'm quite excited to go to, to see next. Yeah, you and I share a similar passion in um, seeing where CDOs go after the CDO role. And I I'm think that's where we at... first started talking, actually, wasn't it? That was the LinkedIn post, uh -huh. I think. Yes, it was. I, you know, yeah. I really hope that CDOs go into a CEO role or, you know, even a CMO role where yeah. they're using this as that framework for thinking. And I think that's where we'll start to, as you mentioned, 
actually see data-driven organizations. Yeah, I've I've got some some good industry friends who have who have moved from data into into sort of commercial roles, really, um, running marketing teams and that sort of thing, and, and they've just been infinitely more successful than those that sort of haven't got data sort of behind them because they they can apply some really smart thinking to solve problems in ways that no one had thought of before. Um, I think it's really exciting, really exciting. Yeah, and it really brings back to um, one of your first points, which the magic happens when you combine that art and the science, right? And I think even in my own life and my own learning journey, you know, I'm able to be so much more effective when I don't just stay in one industry learning one craft and yeah. do that cross training because you never know how principles are going to be infused um, into your current work. I, I was just at a restaurant the other day now that restaurants are open and was watching the cooking line and the organization of it. And I was just so amazed at how effectively they worked as a team. I was like, can I come and tour what you guys are doing sometime? Because there's principles here we could definitely apply <laughs> into technology. Yeah, as I said, that's sort of my point about leadership, right? It's, it's um, about data leadership. It, it's a leadership position um, and therefore all the things, you know, there's plenty of leadership books and uh, leadership um, uh, theory and then that can be applied. And it's the same with building teams, you know, that, that we, we don't need to reinvent here uh, per se. You know, there's plenty that uh, teaching out there and, and knowledge that we've got about what, what good teams look like, you know, diverse teams, um, uh, critical thinking skills all this stuff is really is really important if not more in in data because because we do need to think differently it, it helps us to do some such brilliant things and and we'll, we've got to solve yeah we've got to focus on the right the right problems and and that that different way of thinking different way of behaving great teams working together collaborating big thing for data um collaboration across teams um is going to be it's going to be like a real fundamental fundamental thing the, the other one actually just, just sort of that's sparked a, a thought in my mind is um this idea of of treating data outputs and data solutions as products in their own right um so it's sort of data as a product and then the management different type of management and, and methodology needed to treat it that way so sort of product management as a as an approach um, and i think that's something that's that will start to be that filter through a bit more the, the the solutions that we build the data products that we build that support things like you know recommendation engines or um propensity models or or predictive sort of demand planning or whatever it might be those things are ever improving evolving products in their own right that are supporting a really important function in the business um, and that mentality around treating it that way and not just like a one-off project um, i think we'll start to see a bit more happening in the industry which would be, again, which I think it would just really help create the right things for the right people. Yes, I, I just interviewed a few weeks back, um, Andrew Weber, who writes a fantastic newsletter actually called Data as a Product um, and is all about kind of building that longevity and not thinking of these as one-off types of yeah. projects and taking you know the importance of project management in data science, but also um, just without throughout the business to to build that longevity and build that impact um, throughout. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, so I, I think that's a great place for us to pause today. I think you've given our audience a lot of great suggestions in terms of how to get more business minded, the importance of cross chaining and 
really given us hope in terms of the future of this industry and, and what it looks like to be a successful CDO and the opportunity that exists from becoming one and how the industry will continue to evolve. So really appreciate you coming on the show today. No problem. And thanks very much for having me. I hope it was useful for people and um, yeah, really appreciate it. Awesome. And if you're interested in learning more, I highly recommend you check out um, Jason's new book, Data Means Business. It's available on Amazon. And for those audio listeners, it will be coming out on Audible here soon. So definitely be sure to check it out. And we need more people who have that business focus um, and those data skills. So definitely use um, both of your skills together to solve some of those tough problems out there. Thanks so much for joining us, Jason. No worries. Thanks so much for having me.